And good morning, or actually really close to afternoon right now. This is the Morning Star Journal with uh, me, Tariq, of course, hosting. And as a good friend of mine would uh, normally say, thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen to what this guy has to say. Uh, you'll have to listen to previous podcasts to know where that actually came from. Shout out to Dave, of course, who came up with that. But I want to welcome you to... Um, another podcast. I know it's been a little bit. I've been trying to, um, you know, spend some time trying to get the right shows down and um, wanted to take a moment. Unfortunately, right when I was going to be doing this podcast, which if you didn't know from that intro theme was actually Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I'm going to talk about today. Um, well, since my last podcast, quite a few things have happened. Um, we've had, unfortunately, a number of, um, high profile celebrity deaths. One of them, which really hit home for me was, um, fortunately Chadwick Boseman, who about two weeks ago now, uh, passed away due to cancer. And, um, like I said, that really hit home for a number of reasons. And I wanted to kind of speak to that on just like my thoughts, um, but not only just my thoughts, but also the work he's put in. Um, most people know him as um, T'Challa or Black Panther from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I wanted to give my kind of thoughts, but I thought um, what I'm going to do is actually is going to be an entire podcast on its own where I talk about him. Um, the movies, of course, Black Panther, of course, the other ones that he appeared in, um, some of his other work as well, and um, a few things on, well, at least my ideas on what I'd like to see them do with um, the Black Panther character and all. I know that's a very um, hot-button um, subject, especially with this passing. But, I mean, it is something that is on people's minds and kind of worth discussing a little bit, you know, just talking about it real quick. And I wanted to kind of set that aside for that. But I'll definitely get into it. Um, like I said, that will be completely separate. But today, I wanted to actually talk about um, show Agents of, or Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which, in my opinion, is probably one of the better, if not possibly best, superhero show out there. I know a lot of people are going to kind of uh, are gonna really disagree with me on, you know, things like, you know, I'm not to end up, and I'm talking about live action. Of course, if we're talking about animated, that's a whole different discussion. But I know live action, there's a lot of people who like um, things like, uh, Flash and Supergirl and, of course, other things. But uh, there's certain things that where Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think, does that the Flash just doesn't. And, um, of course, right now you got The Boys, which is really getting up there, especially for me, which I like. Um, but there's certain things about, especially when I um, compare it to uh, shows like the CW shows, there's something that Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. does, and I think it's better than um, what the... Or at least for my personal preference. I know it's going to be different for a lot of people, but just for my personal preference, I see it um, a lot different, or it, it's, a, it's a different feeling from those shows compared to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So 
a little bit of a backdrop here we're gonna go so um back in i don't know when it was it was probably like the late i know it was like the it was either the early, early 2000 or maybe even very late 90s like 98 90 like 98 99 uh, I might have that year. I might have those years off, unfortunately. But the WB before they officially became the CW um, got a hit show, or at least turned into a hit or cult show, was Dawson's Creek. So Dawson's Creek, of course, starred these uh, young adult actors, or at least they were. They were probably in their twenties or so, but they of course played characters in their, you know, mid or late teens. And it was this whole teen drama where they were still in supposedly high school, but they always had like, but it was the, it started the whole trope of the teen drama. They had the um, official kind of hangout places that you'd see them, the school you would see them at. And of course they had the interpersonal drama where this guy like this girl for so many years prior but never got a chance to say it then a new person shows up and kind of throws friction and you have the other person who kind of liked the other one of the other two people but they never wanted to say anything you know this whole teen drama and it in my opinion it started with Dawson's Creek because I think Dawson's Creek was the one that modernized it. You had other dramas back in the 80s and 90s, of course, and those were kind of spinoffs from things that started in the um, 80s or 70s. But I think Dawson's Creek was probably one of the first ones that really brought it to a more modern age of the 2000s. That's why I said that it may not have been the 90s. It may have been like the early 2000s because it was very... Um, tropes that you see in the 2000s like as far as the backdrops and the technology and also the um, uh, cultural things that would pick up because of it but anyway um, yeah, Dawson's Creek and I think maybe Gilmore Girls was around roughly around the same time um, so you had these two shows and they really picked up they really drew audience now of course since it was on WB WB kind of got the idea okay well what if we take this formula and we put it with a different um, property that we also own, and that being part of uh, DC, DC Comics. And they decided that, you know, out of all their DC Comics, like I said, I don't know the specifics on this, but I can imagine this is how it went. They were like, okay, well, which hero can we do this where it would best incorporate? You can't do it with Batman, of course, because, you know, it's parents are killed early so he doesn't really have that kind of it's going to be harder to do that childhood and also because you know probably they thought you know um i think batman was a kind of big movie property as well so they didn't want to kind of chime in on that but what if we take someone this and you know someone that's familiar and their powers would be easy to represent and surprisingly they decided with superman and you're thinking, well, Superman's powers aren't aren't easy to replicate. Well, let's think about it on how they did it. Um, they basically just took his super strength and have him jump high, which, you know, you can easily do that with the kind of um, CG of the day. They didn't give him heat vision too often. Uh, they didn't have him fly. And they kept him at a kind of teenage age so they didn't have to do anything crazy he wasn't like holding buildings up or you know trying to rescue planes even though 
later on in the season they did it. But that created the show Smallville. And they pretty much incorporated the same Dawson's Creek formula, but just with Superman and supervillains. And also the whole, um, and I think this probably took from the Buffy series, um, the monster of the week thing. And so you had to hit, so you had Smallville and that became a hit. And now they had a new form, an updated formula. Uh, Now Dawson's Creek with superheroes. And... You can almost take that formula and they took it everywhere because um, I think uh, Vampire Diaries and The 100 are all that Dawson's Creek formula just with another genre. Uh, but Smallville more I want to stick on is because that formula and it lasted almost 10 seasons and it lasted long enough for that they really thought that, okay, well this works so well, let's incorporate with a different hero. And in the course of Smallville, because they couldn't use Batman, uh, because he was still a big movie property, I think by that point, uh, the Nolan Batman had come out. So they really wanted to um, stay away from adding Batman just yet. As far as live action, they decided to use Green Arrow. And Green Arrow filled that Batman role. And so they then incorporated that into the Arrow TV show. And they use that same formula for not only Arrow, but you can see it in Flash, uh, Supergirl. Uh, and they they did sparse a little bit from Legends of Tomorrow, but I don't know. There's there's times where you can still kind of sense that that was that's still the foundation. And they really took a verge with um, Black Lightning, which I appreciate, though Black Lightning still, you know, a little bit, um, because even though it does have a older superhero, they do focus on his teenage daughters quite a bit. But to get back on point, a lot of those shows, which are, you know, have their, you know, um, audience and are praised by a lot of people, they just felt too much the same to me, and they felt too much of that teen drama-ish that I just, you know, when I first watched Smallville, of course, and I was a big Superman fan, um, I was okay with that. But once it stopped being Superman and I started seeing more of this, you know, the the drama part play out because I enjoy, I enjoy drama a little bit, but you know, I kind of reading those kind of comics and same thing with things like the X-Men and um, other uh, comments that I like. I want to see the action. I want to see the powers. I want to see that kind of turn on. It just wasn't doing it. And like I said, when they and when they weren't doing that, it was always will she, won't she type scenarios and all this other stuff, which I you know then I just didn't really care for. Hence why um, when it was announced, I think back in oh, I don't know. I think it was like just after. I, th- I think it was just after Avengers came out, or just around the same time, they announced that they were making this Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, and if you don't know what that is exactly, so Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and S.H.I.E.L.D., of course, um, stands for the Strategic Homeland Intervention Enforcement and Logistics Division, um, which first appeared as, as, as far as the show is concerned. Um, the first time we see S.H.I.E.L.D., of course, is back in uh, 2008 with the original Iron Man. 
And we are first introduced to Phil Coulson, who's played by Clark Gregg. And he's a agent. And uh, throughout the first Iron Man, he keeps saying the entire name. It kind of gets cut off because, like, oh, that's a really long name. And then by the end of it, he just says, it's S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, and we all knew that that's where it was going anyway. But um, that's where we were first introduced to Phil Coulson, who was a... Uh, I'm pretty sure was a creation of the director, John Furrow, in, in that Iron Man show. And he just took um, the, uh, basically stole the show for the most part, even past, even though everyone loved Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man um, and all the other cast members, he really stole the show. And he appears in both the Iron Man, Iron Man 2. Um, he has a... Uh, guest parents in um, Thor and then eventually um, culminates in Avengers where and unfortunately in Avengers we do see him get killed by Loki in that one and in one of the first official trailers for the show Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. you see Phil Coulson so the question was always going to be well, how did they do it? Was it a, um, as Marvel likes to do, life model decoys? Or, you know, what's going to be the story? And we would eventually learn the full story, or at least most of the story over time, on how he came back and why he was back. Um, but before we get on that, okay, so the basic concept of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is exactly in the title. The show follows a small group of agents from the S.H.I.E.L.D. organization. And for the most part, it is like the Smallville formula of the Monster of the Week, where they investigate uh, different occurrences or different um, kind of sightings that are considered supernatural or superhero or um, alien, depending on the situation, and they try to resolve it as quickly as possible and sometimes as quietly as possible without trying to uh, panic the public in general. And the original concept was, was that you had the movies like Avengers, Captain America, Iron Man. You had the movies going on and then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. would be this thing that happens in the background. And sometimes there were things in the movie that would um, bleed over into the show. And they tried to say that, you know, the, you know, the vice versa would happen too. That things from the show would bleed over to the movies. But... In all honesty, the movies never really acknowledged the show too often. Um, there were things that they did in the show to say, hey, this is how, um, this is why Nick Fury looks the way he did, or how he was able to get the helicarrier in Age of Ultron. They tried to do those things, but in reality, the show did take things from the um, from the movies, but the movies really didn't pay too much attention to the show. Um, that's really seen in the fact that after the first movie, or after the Avengers movie, Phil Coulson, for the movie um, world, is pretty much dead. Like, even though he lives and on in the show for 
the entirety of the show, which is seven seasons. They just finished their seventh season about a month or so ago now. And you can see the first six seasons are all on Netflix right now. Um, I'm sure the seventh season will come soon. And if, if not Netflix, then it should be coming to Disney Plus, of course. But, you know, Phil Colson is still alive throughout these whole things. The show Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. actually takes place pretty much right after, if not like maybe a few days or months after the events of the Marvel's Avengers. So he's up and about and the, the movies really never acknowledge at any point. So it really seemed that, you know, even though that was the, that was kind of the idea, they really didn't enforce it like um kevin feige who runs most of the mcu really didn't pressure any of his directors to be like okay now in the show agents of shield they were doing this so you have to reference and he was like eh, don't worry about that too much and it really does show because they they said you never saw um and i'll get to it you'll never saw certain characters uh fold into the uh, movies which you would think like some of them probably would have worked pretty well um, but anyway, so like I said, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. follows this formula where they're this uh, peacekeeping spy agency and they work in the world of superheroes where they will, you know, track down any kind of weird occurrences or any kind of alien technology and try to either uh, stop it or kind of put a hold on it. And then also you had... Um, evil organizations such as Hydra that were still out there that they had to contend with. And for the most part, even though it's on, you know, ABC, it is a more adult show. And that's what I liked about it. And they had their bit of humor, but it was always fun. Um, now, we'll get into a little bit of spoilers, at least for the first five seasons no more than that and you'll understand why because i think the first five seasons were probably the best um especially starting from the middle of the first season and i'll definitely get to what that what i mean by that in a moment but to run down some of the cast members you had again clark gregg reprising his role as phil colson ming-na Wen who plays Agent Melinda May, also known as the Calvary. And she's just this kick-ass, take-no-names no, take charged woman who is a who was a long-time partner of Coulson. They were friends for a long time, and she always had his back, and he could always count on her for assistance. Um, we had Chloe Bennett, who plays Skye, and she initially comes in as this hacker who wants to um, kind of, I guess, put a light on the S.H.I.E.L.D. She kind of thinks that S.H.I.E.L.D. is this secret evil organization. She has, a, she has the uh, conspiracy theory mindset of like, oh, they're trying to cover up things for their own insidious goals. And in reality, no, they they do have good intentions, but at the same time, they do want to keep a lot of things serious. So she shows up as this, she initially shows up as this hacker or person of interest and later becomes um, more of a member of this team. 
You've got the duo of Elizabeth Henstridge, Hen, sorry, Henstridge and Ian D. Kostek, uh, now saying those names, as Gemma Simmons and Leo Fitz, who are a pair of scientists, whereas Simmons works with the more biological side and Fitz more with the um, mechanical side, but they're a pair of scientists that are on this uh, team that help out and you know, they, they help bring a little bit of more brains to the outfit if they need to figure something out or reverse engineer something. So they're this team up, uh, this uh, team up, I should say. You've also got uh, Brett Dalton playing Grant Ward, who is this not new agent, but at least he's a he he's he's been an agent for a number of years and he's very good, but he recently gets like a higher level clearance and this level clearance puts him on uh uh was it um uh Colson's team and also he is one of the few people who finds out Colson's alive and he's on this team that he helps out and um he's more or less the um fee- on the field agent to um Fitz and Simmons who are um, you know, kind of always like on the what they call the bus, which is this, this giant uh plane that they use to transport to go different places. Whereas they would stay kind of like the men, the men and women in a chair, he would actually be on the field doing the physical activities. Um, and that would be the main that'd be the main cast for a while, I should say. Um, later on, we actually get in, we actually get introduced to quite a few new agents, such as, um, Henry Simmons, who plays Mac, who is another Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., who usually stayed, uh, initially was more or less a mechanic, and he kind of stayed in the background, but more over the course of the show, he has to take a more, um, active role and actually becomes, um, and actually gets more and more responsibilities for protecting the team as well as the entire agency at times. You've got uh, Natalia Cordova Buckley, who plays Elena or Yo-Yo, um, who's also an agent who will develop uh, powers, basically, and she becomes an integral part of the agency. Uh, you've got Andrea Pilecki playing Bobby Morris, who also known as, well, in the comics was known as Mockingbird, but she's kind of like this Black Widow type character. And even though in the show they never call her Mockingbird, she just goes Bobby, that's basically what her role is. She's like a she's basically Black Widow for the show. She's this covert agent, a lot like Melinda May as far as her training, but she does go like, she can go deep undercover, she can um, infiltrate different places, but she's also a really kick-ass uh, soldier. Um, and that's, uh, actually, and before I kind of get, cause there's so many different characters and, um, actors that kind of show up between, um, you got characters, uh, such as like, um, Talbot people will know from the, uh, uh, Hulk series as, um, 
as one of the foils from Hulk. Um, you've got things like the Inhumans that will show up, uh, Deathlock, and even in later seasons, Ghost Rider actually appears for a good bit. But anyway, let me get into kind of like the seasons and stuff. But um, so the first season, I would say, is the most. Yeah, we'll say like the most like kind of episodic basic season. They're really trying to get their kind of feet wet here. They um, start the season more or less like kind of villain of the week. You've got this kind of overarching of a um, evil organization that's taken the, if we remember the Avengers movie, that's taken the alien technology that was left over from that big attack and they're using it to either create weapons or kind of influence different events. Now, the first season um, ran, you know, along the year and actually ran into uh, Captain America Winter Soldier. And if you remember that movie, um, halfway through that movie, you find out that Hydra, which you had thought had been maybe not long dead, but at least they've been on the... Uh, They've been on the fringes and we hadn't heard from them in a while. They had actually infiltrated S.H.I.E.L.D. for a long time and had been placing agents in different parts of S.H.I.E.L.D. And Captain America Winter Soldier outed them, which disrupted S.H.I.E.L.D. altogether, especially in the uh, movies where you barely heard from S.H.I.E.L.D. after that point. You'd still see Nick Fury so often, but S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of took away a, a backdrop. And I think that may have been more for the show, too, so that the show can focus on that kind of aftermath. Um, and the movies really didn't go into it. But that event in Captain America happens on the show and there's a kind of two three episode build up to it and then it really shakes the show up because not only our team who has to try to navigate the fact that their heads or you know certain parts of members were hydra it turns out that one or two of the teammates were actually hydra and it really shakes the team going forward. So a lot of the so after that part of the season, after that part of the first the first season, you have this kind of um, them trying to piece things back together and get things working again. And during the course of things, you have uh, major things like um, here's a spoiler: um, Ward actually turns out to be a member of Hydra. And he betrays it by killing one of um, the heads, not the not part of our team, but he actually does attempt to kill Fitz and Simmons, which, of course, they were um, rescued at the last minute, luckily. But he does intend to kill them both, um, but unfortunately fails. And that betrayal shakes the team going forward. Going into the second season, we actually have things like now the shield, now our our core shield team is kind of on the run from everyone. The government now doesn't, um, governments don't trust shield because they were so thoroughly infiltrated. Um, you've got 
ex-Hydra agents who have shield clearance that they have to try to steer clear from. And then also, especially in the second season, they introduce two different factors. They introduce a second shield team, which is basically like when shield was kind of broken up, you had a lot of people who just didn't know who to trust. And the real shield agents, I'll say, um, some of them tried to band together, which is where, um, where we are initially introduced to people like uh, Bobby, Mac, Hunter. Um, they're part of this kind of real shield uh, team that tried to reform and restart after the whole shakeup. And of course, they don't know um, the allegiance of Coulson's team. You know, Coulson is with is still on board with S.H.I.E.L.D., they don't know his status because they had Ward on their team. So they're very unsure on their allegiances. But eventually they do get together. But also one of the things they introduced in that second season was that uh, Sky, who they later find out their real name is Daisy, is actually an Inhuman. Now... A little bit of a tangent here. I personally read X-Men a lot as as a kid or, you know, growing up. And I was really into the X-Men kind of comic series and especially in the 90s when the X-Men TV series came up. And I think for the most part, because of the popularity the TV series had... And the um, subsequent movie that comes out that came out in 2000, X Men was everywhere. Like they really um, propped them up. Like I think you started seeing them more in comic um, crossovers. Um, when I initially started reading X Men back in the kind of like late 80s and 90s, you really didn't see too many um, superhero team ups. They were really on their like. All, all the X-Men titles were kind of together. So like X-Men, X-Factor, X-Force, Excalibur. They all kind of, they were in the same group. They were in the same universe in a sense. But they still seem to be kind of separate from the Marvel Universe. At least the comics I read. Because it just seemed that like occasionally you would see Spider-Man show up. But it also almost seemed out of place. Just the way that they were dealing with these um, catastrophic events, but you really didn't see the rest of the Marvel Universe. So it was kind of weird at times. Um, but I think once the show and everything, the cartoon show and movies started to become more popular, you start seeing them more places. So they started incorporating their style stories, which is the kind of stories of oppression and these um, mutants who are really just people, but they're... Um, you know, hunted and, you know, in some, in some cases killed just because they're different. Um, I never really saw the Inhumans. I know the Inhumans are just as old as the mutants. They were around with Fantastic Four. And occasionally I would see them in kind of big events, but they, I never really caught onto their stories. Um... So they always seemed kind of far off, even farther than at the time than things like the Avengers or Fantastic Four. They seemed to be like they were the secondary group to these other people. Like you would see them in Fantastic Four comics. Um, even my 
biggest things with the Inhumans at the time was only the Fantastic Four cartoon series where they appeared. I didn't really see them in... I never got the um, times where the Inhumans crossed over with the X-Men, for instance. I never got a lot of those comics, um, at least back then. So around the time, like, when... so. So when we go up to around like 2008 where, you know, Iron Man's coming up and Marvel and, of course, uh, Disney starts picking up on it. They start wanting to build this universe. Um, The comics also wanted to capitalize on everything that was popular at the time. And for better or worse, the X-Men and mutants in general when it came to live action belonged to Fox in a sense. Like Fox had the rights to put out these movies to have the um, X-Men characters, the word mutant. They had the rights to love live action and Marvel or Disney did not. But what they did have were the Inhumans. Um, so... Unfortunately, what it, and what it seemed like to me would happen is that when they started incorporating in humans in especially Agents of Shield, they really took storylines that were that that were the mutants. So the whole story with going back to Agents of Shield, the story with Sky um, finding out she's an inhuman later, getting her powers, which they get their powers through this thing called a Terrigen Mist that is purely an inhuman thing. Mutants are always born with their powers. But the way they initially set it up where she has that ability but not yet and then the mist unlocks it and then later introducing her mother who's also inhuman but she runs this kind of refugee camp for other inhumans because she's afraid she was experimenting on just to me screamed this is a mutant storyline this is a storyline that it would have been magneto as that role and sky could have been somebody like um polaris or scarlet witch or somebody like they were they were using inhuman names a few inhuman names because I think at the and also at that time they were planning on an inhuman movie which then turned into a move which then turned into a kind of mini series and then it turned into a series that no one really talks about unfortunately like unfortunately I never saw it because it just the commercial or the uh, trailers for the inhuman series just didn't appeal to me and in the end they didn't tie it with anything like um you almost they they you almost thought that like that's where agents of shield was going was especially when they turned in humans into a tv series you would have thought oh they're going to incorporate the in humans like the major ones we know like black bolt crystal lockheed or not lockheed lockjaw sorry <laughs> uh lockheed is a different um <laughs> is a uh, different character altogether. Um, but Lockjaw, Crystal, um, uh, Maximus, a couple others characters, they would incorporate that in the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. 
No, they they still kept that separate. They didn't even talk about it. They didn't even acknowledge it. Um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. went an entirely different route going from the second season into the third season where they did more with the Inhumans. And especially in the third season where basically um, the Terrigen uh, crystals kind of um, get into a water supply and um, Inhumans start popping up in different areas it was more or less almost like an X-Men um, or a mutant type storyline, and you know I'm not knocking it because they did a good job. Agents of Shield did, and it kept me watching. Um, Agents of Shield did a really good job with that, and with their storyline, they would still incorporate. You know, they they would have um, because the Inhumans were technically experiments from the Kree, an alien race, they had a few episodes where the Kree came down and they were, um, you know, observing a few inhuman stuff and then they had to fight the Kree in a certain scenario. And then another um, creature called the Hive actually shows up. So they did incorporate those things, part of the human, but there was also parts where, you know, not only just the um, people powers they found, but then the watchdogs, which were these, um, uh, which is this group that wanted to kill any inhumans. I'm like, eh, that's Friends of Humanity. That's, you know, that's the X-Men storylines. Um, so it's, it, it was kind of one of those things where, like, it's sad that they couldn't, they couldn't use... X-Men or mutants because of rights issues and I feel that because of that not that they shortchanged in humans but I feel they could have done something different and built in humans differently if they had X-Men to do that storyline, they could have done something different with the Inhumans. And I'm sure there's some people who love the Inhumans that probably, that I would imagine think the same way, where they could have done different things with um, an Inhuman cast. Um, because Inhumans were, in this sense, more or less like these this kingdom. They had a king and queen, and they have these... Um, uh, political problems and also they're very they're a lot more spacefaring because they deal directly with things like the Kree and uh scrolls and things like that and i feel like they could have done more with it if they could have separated but since they only had the inhumans and they knew x-men stories were very um, not only just down to earth, but very per that they, they can be very personal, and they have blueprints for them. They went with that, so that's that. But I, but in the end, though, I really liked what they did. Like I said, not knocking what they did. It's just you know too bad they couldn't do more. And then going into the fourth season, that's when they actually introduced Ghost Rider. And they decided to go with the Robbie Reyes, who's the one with the uh, car, which I didn't read much, but I really liked it. I mean, I don't know why. It's just like the motorcycle's cool, but there's something cool about, you know, the Ghost Rider car. I don't know. Just I, I think it's just me, but I thought it was really cool. Um, but kind of going into the 
fourth season, you had Ghost Rider. You also had things like um, they started introducing things like LNDs, which are life model decoys, which are pretty much robots. So you had a kind of um, Terminator, Skynet type um, story arcs. Um, you also had um, what's called the framework, which is the Matrix. So you even had that for a little bit. And then in the fifth season, they actually kind of go in space. Um, I'll actually save that. I won't give the full spoilers for that one. But in that one, they actually end up going into space for a little bit. And in my opinion, by the fifth season, I think they did a really good job. They, throughout all five of the seasons though not only with Captain America Winter Soldier but other movies here and there they started to incorporate little things from the movies and trickled into the show and even by the fifth season they even talk about the fact that Thanos was coming which still incorporated that even though the movies hadn't directly said anything the show was still within the same universe and by the end of the fifth season, it was this kind of really nice, almost hopeful type of ending where you had certain members who had to leave for certain reasons, certain members who were gone, I should say. And then, but the team, for the most part, had gone through a lot of these trials and stuck together. So the sixth and seventh season... Those, not saying they were bad, but to me, those were the two seasons that firmly said this was our own universe. Like up to that point, it, you could have argued either way. You could have argued, okay, this is happening in the background of the movies or this is kind of happening on the side. But by those two seasons, no, those were completely separate. The sixth and seventh seasons are completely on their own um now the seventh season does that just ended does kind of um round out a lot of loose um plot threads they actually it's funny in the sixth season they leave it on this kind of cliffhanger and there was like this lingering question on how they did the season finale and they actually brought it back in the seventh season which was a really cool way of how they did it but i would definitely say that the um six seven seasons while good and they did a lot of character growth and um a lot of the newer characters get uh, more play and um they do some amazing things um my biggest uh, criticism is that they really decided that this was its own at that point they were their own universe for better or worse um, and it didn't tie into the main Marvel cinematic universe at that point so um, kind of take it as you go but in the end I would say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is a great show like I said it is more adult you still have things like you still have these um, love triangle. Well, not you don't have too many love triangles. You don't have that, but you do have these kind of um, you know uh, feelings and tension going around. You have this drama. There's a lot of character building with a lot of different characters. Some growing, um, some becoming more distant. You have characters like Sky who um, 
basically starts off as a hacker, but then becomes this, not only an agent, but an inhuman agent with powers. You've got Melinda May, who starts off as this stoic um, kind of soldier and warrior, but you find out the deeper um, inner conflicts going on. You find out why she's even called the Calvary and how that caused her to be have this certain outlook on things and have her grow you have colson go through these dramatic changes throughout the entirety of the series just going from one extreme to another how he actually lived from the avengers movie but not only that but um how he's surprisingly made it as far as he has but then you also have a lot of these new characters that pop up, like Mac, Bobby, Hunter, uh, Trip. Um, how's it? Um, uh, certain characters that only show up for a little bit that you actually start wanting to move more. Like they introduce Deathlock, um, who's this kind of um, uh, cyborg type uh, soldier, um, the Patriots. Uh, see, God, there's so many different characters and they even tie in with, um, uh, Agent Carter, which was a spinoff series that they did between, um, one of the, I think it was between either season one and season two or maybe season two and season three, but it was a spinoff series where you followed, um, Peggy Carter from the Captain America movies in the... I think in, in her miniseries, it was like in the 50s. And her working with the SSR and just trying to be this woman in the 50s, being taken seriously as a full agent and just, you know, trying to earn that respect that really she has. There's a funny scene where in her office, she doesn't have that kind of full respect she had during Captain America, but there's a mission where she has to um, call in the um, Howland Commandos um, who worked with her, you know, back in Captain America. And when they meet with her, of course, they divert to her as the person in charge. Even though there's this other guy agent who's like, you know, okay, I'm taking command. They ignore him and go to Peggy. Be like, okay, what, what are we really doing, Peggy? And it's just funny where she's like, kind of like, once she's back with them, it's like she's back in her element because these are soldiers that know her, know, you know, the real her and like, you know, know that she is this kind of person who does take charge and who, who's, who should be in charge. So that was interesting, but it was kind of cool having it. You also had, um, God, it's so many different people. Patton Oswalt shows up. Um, just a whole lot of different um, actors and actresses. And you'll know a whole lot of them when you see them. But all in all, I would say Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is definitely worth a watch. You can catch, um, like I said, almost all six seasons are on Netflix. I can't remember if anything, any of them are on Disney Plus yet. They should be, you would think, because it is Marvel. It is, it was an ABC show and it is Marvel's Avengers. So you'd think that they're all on uh, Disney Plus as well. But I can definitely say they, because uh, I just checked earlier, they definitely are all on Netflix. So if you have a chance, I'd, I'd catch them. Now, the first... 
five seasons are long. They're almost like 22 episodes each. But a nice thing that they started doing after the first season, after halfway through the first season, they started breaking the season into kind of arcs. So I think in season two and three, they're both broken up kind of in half. So they're kind of these like 11 to 12 arcs where it's like this, Made, there's like one major story that's enveloping. And then by the fourth, and in the fourth and fifth season, they break it up into three arcs. So it's like six episode chunks. Or six, or like seven episode, seven to eight episode chunks where it's like, okay, this, this seven episodes is like an arc and then this arc. And then after that, um, because the sixth and seventh season are even shorter, they're like 13 episodes each. It's kind of like two arcs on both sides. And I think the, and I think the seventh season goes back to like a full arc or a full like 13 episode arc. But anyway, it's definitely worth a watch. I really enjoyed it. I think if you watch it, you'll enjoy it too. Um, and if you do have a chance or if you've seen it, let me know um, what were your greatest moments? What were some like real standouts or um, maybe things you wish they would have done better? Like I said, some of the standouts for me was when Quake gets her powers. I thought that was cool in the way they did it. Um, I really liked Ghost Rider. Uh, the inclusion of Mac was really cool. Um, Deke, which is a person they meet in the fifth season, I think really... Um, uh, really comes in his own in the, and that's one of the things I think I really liked about the sixth and seventh season is that his character really, um, it really develops in those seasons. So Deke is a really cool character they introduce, and uh, Melinda May is just Ming Na Wen is just impressive in everything she does anyway, but her character is impressive throughout the entire series. So I really appreciate it. And of course, um, can't forget um, Coulson, Clark Gregg. It is such a... It's such a pleasure to have so much time watching him. And it's so sad that he never came back to the movies. And I really hope that maybe... In phase four, they can figure out some way of having Coulson back as this kind of continued figure to be seen uh, throughout the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, I really hope they can bring him back because he is really... if That's kind of if Clark Gregg wants to come back for it, of course. Now, if he doesn't, then, you know, sad, but at least we had so many seasons with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, also one thing I, I do want to recommend, and this is no paid or whatever shout out, but, uh, there is a, um, YouTube group called Blind Wave and they've done the entire, uh, series of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and Agent Carter, and they do these, um, reaction channels and I would definitely recommend watching them because they seem that they seem to be having a blast throughout their entire reaction series and it was actually fun watching it um, after watching the show and then watching how they react. It was actually fun um, seeing there. So if you want to watch a 
um, reaction series based, you know, off of Agent Seal, see how other people think, definitely watch that. It's called Blind Wave, and I would definitely recommend it. But anyway, thank you for taking time to listen. I appreciate this long drawn out on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but I hope that you have a great day. I know things are going crazy in the world right now, and we're just trying our best to get by and just make heads or tails of it. But just know that there are people around that are, you know, doing the same. And if you ever need a helping hand, you know, don't be afraid to reach out and, you know, just do your best. That's all we, that's all any of us can do is just do our best. Uh, Again, thank you for listening. I hope y'all have a great day and I'll speak to you next time. Peace.